You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 251, My Top Reads of 2019. Here's a question for you. How do you consume content? Now, I'm assuming as a leader that you're regularly ingesting great content um, to help you to grow, to expand your uh, knowledge base, to uh, enrich you. So how are you consuming content? Are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? Um, are you listening to books? Are you reading blogs, reading articles? Where are you getting your content from? And please don't tell me you're getting it from TV. I mean, that is a place where we get content, but that is um, really not what we're talking about. We're not educating ourselves by by uh, watching, you know, binge-watching Netflix. So where are you getting your content from? So I'm going to just share with you my top books of 2019. I read 51 books in 2019, and that's about my average. I'm usually in the 50, um, you know, give or take um, one or two books on either side. But, uh, but that, And I've been doing that for years, for years and years and years. I've been reading around 50 books a year. And um, I want to just share, obviously, all books are not created equal, and some, uh, you know, made more of an impact than others. So I'm going to just share with you, um, you know, a couple of uh, fiction, a couple of novels that really impacted me this year, and then my top three um, nonfiction books. So, um, and before I do that, I also want to mention the fact that uh, I finished, uh, you know, went through last year, went through the one-year Bible, uh, something as a church that we are doing. We for the last couple of years we've been actually um, at Christmas time giving out our pastors buying you know a bunch of these and pretty much giving them out to every member of church um, who asks for one. Giving out a, a one year Bible and it's a a fantastic way to get God's word inside of us. And if you haven't experimented or if you haven't read gotten into the one year Bible, I would encourage you to try it. Um, the one we use has a uh, a passage from the Old Testament, usually a chapter, a couple of chapters from the Old Testament, um, usually one or two chapters from the New Testament, a psalm, and a few verses from Proverbs. Um, it takes about 15 to 20 minutes to, to to go through it. People always worry about time, so I always like to say it like it takes me, you know, 15 to 20 minutes to read the passage for today. But it's a wonderful way to see the narrative of the Bible in one year. Um, it's if you can stay with it and work through the whole Bible in one year using this this format, it's amazing to see how the story of the Bible is one story, um, and it's just amazing and, and very impactful. So um, definitely something to read. So that was something that uh, you know we did last year, and we'll be doing it again this year. But uh, the one year Bible is an amazing thing. Now 
Um, like I said, I read 51 books. That was um, a fairly good mix of fiction and nonfiction. I tend to read both. But um, I'm going to give you just two novels that impacted me this year. Um, you know, I really do believe fiction is good for us. I talk to some people and they kind of turn their nose up and they're like, oh, I'd never read fiction. I just read, you know, self-help or I read leadership or I read theology or I read technical manuals or whatever. I mean, everybody's got their thing. But there is something that we can learn from good fiction. It feeds our minds. It feeds our souls. <clears throat> but, you know, every novel, there's something we can learn. It shows us human nature. It um, sometimes can even be a mirror um, to, to see ourselves a little bit better. So I encourage you to read read some fiction. You know, you may not want to read a whole lot of it, but there's some great fiction out there. So um, the, the two novels that I read this year that really had a, a, an impact on me, that really um, moved me were both historical novels. One of them was set in the first century uh, in ancient Rome, and it was called um, "From Dark to the Dawn." From the Dark to the Dawn: A Tale of Ancient Rome, and the author is Alicia Willis. And I will be linking these in in the show notes so you can um, check them out for yourself. But it's set in um, around sixty sixty one. Uh, A.D. Rome is when the book starts. And the main character is a young man named Philip who is a prisoner of war brought to Rome after a battle and sold to a Roman uh, nobleman. <clears throat> now, the, the, the man that he sold to is named Marcus. And the hatred between slave and master is such a powerful thing. And you feel Philip's hatred. He was, um, he and his father both were brought to Rome as slaves, sold, and now he has to serve this hated Roman master. The book is great insight into what Rome was like in the first century. The author did great um, research, very insightful on what it was like to live in a um, really an upper-class Roman family. The uh, the way slaves were treated is very, very good. You know, a lot of people don't realize that in the Roman Empire at this time, about a third of the population were slaves. It was a huge, huge um, so social class. I mean, it was a social institution. But what, what happens in this novel, and I'm not going to give you a whole lot of spoilers, but I do want to let you know the kind of the main theme of it, is... The idea of Christianity is introduced into this novel. And this young man, this slave, Philip, who hates his master and is only waiting for an opportunity to kill him, is introduced to Christianity, and it transforms his life. And what we see is the power of the gospel to transform relationships, to transform culture, and to transform society. So, um, a fantastic uh, character study, um, excellent historical novel, very, very insightful. You'll learn a lot, but a very moving, very powerful story as well. So that is From the Dark to the Dawn, A Tale of Ancient Rome. Second novel that I read last year that uh, really impacted me a lot was a book called Hope of Ages Past, an epic novel of faith, love, and the Thirty Years' War. And this is by Bruce Gardner. <clears throat> this is set in the Middle Ages, 1618 
is, is really when it starts. This is post-Reformation, and we find ourselves in Central Europe, um, and we see the devastation that religious wars can cause. Because now we've got the Catholic Church warring against Protestants, and the hatred that um, dwells between these two groups. The Protestants hate the Catholics. The Catholics hate the Protestants. And the fact that this war rages for 30 years is absolutely amazing. The main character in this book is a young man named Peter Erhard. He's a young German uh, Lutheran pastor. And the story is about him, his growth as a pastor. He's in a small town. And fascinating story of um, love, hatred, um, drama. Um, Earhart deals, deals with some personal tragedies that would, would probably kill most of us. But we see um, a faith that's tested and a faith, faith that's true. Um, very powerful book, excellent, excellent character studies. Um, I learned so much that I did not know. And a lot of times what I'll do with a historical novel is I'll actually kind of go back and um, maybe check the history myself and, you know, just make sure the author wasn't really taking any liberties. And everything that I've read and and, and studied, it looks like the author really um, was meticulous in their research. So excellent, excellent story. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, you'll learn a lot. You'll 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 be moved. It's a it's a very emotional book. Um, when you see the different things that happen to the different people in the book, so I encourage you check out Hope of the Age, Hope of Ages Past, a novel of faith, love, and the Thirty Years' War. Well, do not go away. We will be right back, but I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Street Cop 2 Reloaded. You know, my, my first Street Cop book was actually well-received. Um, you can go to Amazon, a lot of great reviews on there. People loved it. Um, true stories of my law enforcement career. Um, well, after that book was released, uh, the publisher and I talked, and they, they said, you know, they'd love to do a sequel to it. So this is more true police stories from my law enforcement career. I was actually talking to somebody just this week who said they're, they're reading through it now, and um, we're just fascinated by the stories, the wide range of stories that I tell, different things I did in my career, and uh, the fascinating uh, group of characters and suspects that you will meet in those pages. So check out Street Cop 2 Reloaded. I know you'll love it. Well, all right, let's 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 turn our attention now. Those are just two novels that, uh, and I read a lot of novels this year, but those are just two that really uh, helped me and I, and, and I really enjoyed. And, you know, the thing about reading a novel, if I don't enjoy it, I typically end up putting it down because if, it, if a story doesn't hold my attention, then I, I usually put it down pretty quick. I was actually talking to another author recently and, you know, was asking, um, gave me a manuscript to read, and I said, man, it just didn't hook me. If you don't hook me with a novel, then I'm probably not going to last. It's not going to last. I'm not going to stick with it. So um, these two novels that I mentioned, fantastic, great, great stories. They really hooked you and wouldn't let you go till the very end. But now I want to talk about nonfiction. You know, I, re- I usually read a lot of nonfiction books throughout the year, you know, theology, leadership, sometimes history, biographies, whatever. 
Um, the three I want to highlight. The first one is called The Prodigal Prophet by Timothy Keller. Timothy Keller's a pastor, a Bible teacher, a brilliant scholar, and just a, a fantastic writer. And The Prodigal Prophet is actually a book on the book of Jonah. And, you know, we know the, the story of Jonah, Jonah getting swallowed by the big fish, and, you know, just the, um, we know that from Sunday school if you've, you've spent any time in church. But uh, Keller does a fantastic job of really taking us into the story of Jonah and um, really impacted me. I, you know, I've read the book of Jonah so many times, but uh, Timothy Keller gave us some, some history, some context, and uh, really gives us some great insight into uh, why Jonah felt like he did, why he felt like he had to run away, and <clears throat> also gives us some great applications for our own lives. So this is a, an easy read, a fantastic read, and uh, if you just want some more insight into the book of Jonah, this is the book to read on it. Definitely the best book on Jonah I've ever read, The Prodigal Prophet by Timothy Keller. Well, the second nonfiction book that I want to highlight is a leadership book called Leader Sight by Jürgen Matesius. And Jürgen Matesius is the pastor of Awaken Church, formerly known as C3 Church San Diego. They're still a C3 Church. They just <clears throat> changed their name. But he uh, he is actually the uh, overseer for the entire Americas of, of C3 Church Global and a brilliant leader, brilliant author, uh, brilliant communicator. And in Leader's Sight, the, the subtitle is Seeing the Invisible to Create the Impossible. And he does such a great job of talking about how the leader, the effective leader, the leader who really wants to make an impact, has to, to develop their ability to see. And just a few few things in the, uh, in the table of content. Uh, leaders need to see in an inverted order. Um, a lot of times leaders don't, and, he, and basically he talks about leaders don't necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, see things that other people uh, don't, they see things other people don't see. And sometimes the order might be off. Sometimes leaders may want to go in a different direction. Fantastic insight. Um, leaders need to see gold and then their heels. Uh, leaders need to be able to know how to mine and find gold and those around them. You know, Often, you'll hear people in a management position or maybe even a leadership position say, oh, I just need more leaders or I just need more people to help me. And, and, and Pastor Jurgen says, listen, you're the leader. You know, there's people around you. It's your job to find the gold. And the best leaders know how to really <clears throat> pull the best out of other people. Um, leaders need to <coughs> excuse me, see the process. Leaders understand that things are a process, and um, the best leaders understand the relationship between leadership and management and putting a good process in place. Uh, leaders need to see God's promises. Uh, the most effective leaders, especially in the church, are leaders that are filled with faith. We see God's promises, we believe God's promises, and we walk in God's promises. Um, leaders see provision. This is This is a big one because how many leaders have you you heard or, or talked to over the years and like, oh, well, I'd love to do this, but, you know, we just don't have the money. And leaders, you know, really, uh, kingdom leaders have the ability to see provision even when it doesn't look like there is any. They just know how to raise money. They know how to find the provision that they need to accomplish what they want to do. So great book. It's it's not a long book. It's only, um, you know, about a little over 100 pages long, but just packed 
full of insight. So, you know, if you're looking at what, what you're going to read in 2020 and you're looking for a leadership book, this is an excellent one. Leader's Sight by Jürgen Matesius. Uh, and then the last one, last book um, that I'm going to highlight is uh, really just a, a, a dynamite book. It probably impacted me as much as anything I read this year. It's called Living in Christ's Presence by Dallas Willard. And if you've never read anything by Dallas Willard, I really encourage you to um, let that be somebody that you check out this year. Um, in 2020, pick out one of Dallas Willard's books. He's got one called Hearing God, which is a which is a great book. I read it last year. Uh, this one called Living in Christ's Presence, an amazing, amazing book. Um, he basically what he does in this book is he explores what it means to um, live now in the light of God's kingdom. Um, he reflects on the power of the Trinity in our lives and the importance of spiritual disciplines. And one of the things he, he really does do in this book is highlight <clears throat> what the kingdom of God is and what it looks like. But, but listen to this. He's talking, and there's a, a chapter where he's talking about spiritual disciplines. And he, he says, you know, we, we measure people's spiritual maturity in, ter- in terms of their devotional practices, right? How many times do you go to church? How much do you read your Bible? How much do you pray? I mean, that's, that's t- that tends to be what we do with human nature. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's kind of what we tend to do. But Willard goes on, he says, the problem with that is back in Jesus' day, if you measured people's spiritual maturity in terms of their devotional practices, who would come out on top? Well, it's the Pharisees. We have to measure spiritual maturity in a way that the Pharisees don't win. Otherwise, we'll just produce more Pharisees. And, you know, that tends to be what we do too often, sadly. One more little excerpt. Let me read you from this book. Just fantastic. He's talking about the kingdom of God and discovering the kingdom of God and living in light of the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom is one of those concepts sometimes that we just kind of overlook as Christians. But Jesus said when we pray, we should pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he says, Dallas Willard says, one of the problems that many Christians today have is that since they're Christians, they found it. They found the kingdom and they stop seeking. But seeking is the way that we live. We never get beyond seeking, and it has many dimensions. One of the most important is that God wants to be wanted. He wants to be sought. That is why He doesn't just run over to us. He is there with the new birth from above. And this goes along with a verse that they mention. It's it's Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And we quote that verse. We know that verse. But the idea of seeking, continually seeking, is what Willard talks about in this book. And it's a such a powerful book. This this is one really this this that I read this year that I'll be going back and reading over and over again. I'm sure. I've already gone back and and, and you know essentially read it twice last year. So um, I, you know I would definitely definitely recommend. Living in Christ's Presence by Dallas Willard. And check out some of his other stuff too. Very um, thoughtful, uh, very inspiring, very insightful to, um, you know, make us think a little bit differently. Well, all right, I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, Like I say, I'll put a link 
in the show notes to all these books, I'd encourage you to check them out. And, you know, what is your goal for this year? You know, sadly, we seem to be a society where we're, we're, we're getting away from reading books and, you know, we're just not consuming content the way that we used to. We're still consuming content, maybe in smaller bites, and that's fine. But whether you're listening to books or listening to podcasts or reading books or reading blogs or whatever it is, I encourage you this year to really um, invest in yourself and, 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 you know, really get some good content. There's such great stuff out there. Um, you know, the the idea of, uh, of not reading at all. Um, again, leaders are readers. And, and, and the way that you grow in your leadership is you, um, you know, fill yourself with great information, you process it, and then you take what you can use. So what is your goal for this year? You know, do you, like I say, I read 50-something books, but that's just me. What is yours? Maybe it's to read one book a month. That's 12 books a year. That's a great goal. But do something. Do something. Maybe some of these that I've recommended might be a, um, a help to you. Definitely check them out. And uh, we will see you next time on Leading and Learning. Leading and Learning.